Welcome back to the Dirty Mike. Hello, hello. I'm here with uh, Fred and Ryan. Hello. <laughs> Breaking the ice here. Yeah, for sure. What's going on in your world today? Uh, this class that we're all in currently and just dealing with cringy moments and the Navy just trying to produce robots. Cookie cutter. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. That's the only thing that I can think of at the top of my mind right now, but I I just don't like the process of that. <clears throat> it's definitely been uh, it's definitely been educational in a couple of different ways. I know we're going through and discussing leadership, but the psyche behind everybody and kind of like where each person comes from, and I guess that's a a, a part of leadership, but. It's definitely a different aspect of each person than I was expecting to get out of this class being more like, give me tools for my toolbox and how to go forward on whatever it is that we're, you know, the, the point they're trying to get across. One, sorry, go. One question that I have is that, do you think that the MA's security in the class has a different mindset than everyone else, first responders or the... Absolutely. Yeah. I, Is that what you asked him? Or you were just thinking it? I, I'm just thinking that myself. Like, I, we said it um, the other day or yesterday, the vocal ones in the class are who? Yep. What are they wearing? They're wearing a badge. Well, that and we get a good taste of leadership because we have so many people under us at any given time. I was talking to the IS, six people, to grab this khaki, you know, in section. Yeah. At most commands, we have a lot of opportunities to lead people because we deal with children, essentially. So we almost get leadership just constantly shoved down our throats from the beginning of our careers. I don't even think the other race there have that those chances to have to implement these leadership tactics as much as we do. Like you said, that we're getting it from uh, a young rank, a young age. So when what are they what what they are going to take away from this class is going to be totally different from what we take away from this class like i feel like if we had um the e5s in your section or um your counterpart in your office here they can not that it's a pass fail but they can definitely complete this class right take something away from it yeah i do feel like some leadership training is better than no leadership training but i agree with it it shouldn't be cookie cutter this is the one size fits all solution for every problem because leadership, like you said, is based off of your experiences and what you've been through, what you've seen work and f not work and fail. And then every situation is different. You can't, people are people. We're talking about people here, not, you know, absolutely machines and robots and computers. And a lot of these guys in this class, they work with machines, computers, robots, you know, I mean, not people. But, but that's the question when they say what, when you said that, excuse me, what works? So what define what works? Is it just because the mission is done? Like if you went to Lemoore and you said, hey, this worked here, you were in Norfolk, this worked here. Is that just being defined by the mission readiness? Like, hey, the job was done, so it worked. I think a measure of success is definitely dependent upon the point of view. So like, say if I was in that specific location, Maybe it would be, but for here, where we are now currently, especially being Oconus, like 
it's every everyone definitely has a a just me point of view like they don't lead a bunch of people in that class besides ourselves and maybe being at those locations it'd be a different win or a different w mm -hmm. you know for for me i do agree with you that like it's upon like each command or where they're at but uh, i think for the facilitators the measure of success is did we get to the end and did everyone stay without getting their feelings hurt mm. you know and I got my feeling turned. I wasn't expecting that at all. Just yeah. recently? Yeah, just recently. The, the, the cringy things. I wouldn't say feelings hurt, but I didn't see any purpose behind making people feel uncomfortable. And as, as the U.S. government gets more and more sensitive and sensitivity training and diversity, the best thing about, I mean, even in there, sorry to segue, the best part about the U.S. military is definitely the diversity mm. you you have all these different experiences all these different countries all these different upbringings and they're allowed to bring their opinion to the table whereas some people who are in that class that make it diverse are from different parts of the world where it's top down only you don't get to have an opinion you don't get to to voice yeah be a person be a person and there's no way for that to be successful. You know, we talk about the weakest link, but I don't think we even really have an idea of what the weakest link is. If there's a, quite literally a single person that has been selected to be the overarching and no one else is allowed to have an opinion. But then maybe there's a too far to the other side because I'm over here getting emotional over something being cringe. And it was just supposed to be something that was educational. Whereas you feel a totally different way about it. But I, I, I was torn. I was torn. I was like, you didn't like it. But at the same time, I see the process. I'm, I think because I'm a visual learner, right? I like to see, I see stuff. You show me, then I can do it. Mm -hmm. So seeing that exercise in the failure, right? Because they failed, essentially. Um... I like to, I like to see it happen. It made sense to me to see them struggle now at the expense of them. Right. And Perry figured out right away. He called my name and he was like, oh, I knew he couldn't say anything. Right. So for the ex exercise, at least I felt like seeing, because I don't do that. I don't provide enough good feedback. I just expect people to know what I'm thinking. And, you know, in one of my leadership, I started, I actually started working on my, um, my thing for tomorrow and one of my things is like building people up right in connection but if i'm not giving feedback to tell them so that exercise was just a visual reminder for me that sometimes i don't give enough verbal feedback like hey you did a good job hey that was cool like give you this assignment you got it done yeah i definitely think uh jujitsu is one of those things for me that I enjoy going with people who give you that positive reinforcement. And I do think that you give a lot of positive reinforcement. Hey, that was really good. Hey, great job on this. But it's not the professional side. It's the fun side. Yeah, but the feedback is if I like you. 
And mm. that's something that I do wrong, right? Like I don't. You only your positive feedback loop is only if it's someone that you enjoy their company. Well, more so like if I feel like they're gonna receive it, if they're gonna actually apply it. There's plenty of times I wrote people and I'm like, I'm not going to tell this fool nothing because I've tried to correct them or help them. Not necessarily correct, but help. I've been doing it a little bit longer. I can get you to point A to B faster because I've made the mistakes and I'm like, he's not going to be receptive. So I'm like, hey, good job. And I mean, good job, like next. Or yeah. he did, or even with sailors, like I don't give the same feedback. I was Just to like, give the check in the box. Like, all right, I gave you my feedback. All right, keep it pushing. Yeah. And it's the same thing with sailors, right? Like leading people, like I don't always, but if I know you're going to listen to everything I say, and put into practice, I might, you know, we, we only water the flowers, the flowers that are going to bloom the fastest. Who's watering the weeds? I catch myself with, um, with eval debriefs, giving feedback when I came to an eval, Hey, this is what you got. This is how you can better your eval. Um, some of them, I'm just like, Hey, do you understand how to read an eval? You got this, you got that on your block 43. Um, just do better, get the one call up next year and you're on the right path. Other personnel, I'm telling them like, hey, do you even know how to read an eval? Do you know the process? You're not getting the eval for this current cycle. You're you're speaking to the board and not just one board. You're speaking to the many potential boards because you're going to change your mind tomorrow, today, whatever you want to do. So it can apply to, to, to many things, not just on a giving them a cookie, saying like, good job. But yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So you... Uh... Brought up, you were working on something for tomorrow, just for the people who are out there who don't know what tomorrow is. Yeah. Like, what's going on tomorrow? So we have an assignment. You do want the assignment? Sure. What, yep. Whatever you're working on for tomorrow. Just developing leadership, um, philosophy for leadership. I actually woke up this morning. I didn't work out. I woke up at 5.30. We didn't work out. Um, but I decided to work on that. So I just got to start putting some bullet points down and just kind of thinking, like, what, how do I like to be led and in my like career history, what have I found to be effective in like getting people to do what I want them to do for their own benefit and for them to see that. And I, and I related, I took the notes down of like children, you know what I mean? Like one of, one of my biggest compliments that I've received in my career from a junior sailor was like, at the end of his time getting ready to transfer, he was like, Hey, you helped me get enrolled in my first college course. And now I have my degree. And that's because of you. And I'm being like, Oh, that was cool. We did that before post. Got you rolled in school. So that was a, I was something where I remember thinking like, I remember the conversation going back and like, when I got him enrolled in that first class, telling him like, Hey, this is going to help you outside of the Navy. Yeah. You're going to get a little credit, put in your eval, but this is for after the Navy. And when he took it in, it was one conversation I walked away from it. And then years later when he was transferring, he pulled me aside and was like, I just want to say thank you because I have my degree because of you. And that meant a lot to me. So when you're saying like, I tell my kids something. And I'm telling them because I wanted to plant that seed because I want them to be better than, you know, than I was, or than my parents told me. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's a, it's a, it makes you go deep and, and get really into your psyche about how you want to be, how you were perceived, how the impression you want to leave. Leaving a legacy. For sure, but then not, you know, to walk the walk, not just walk the walk, but not, or talk the talk, but not walk the walk. Right. And uh, uh, last episode I had a couple of guys who have never worked for me directly, but it was, it was rather emotional. Uh, at, the, at the end, we were running out of time, 
And uh, Wyatt had told me that no one has a negative thing to say about me. And I'm sitting there always thinking as if it's, I'm basically the boogeyman. Whenever you mess up, you have to come see me. And I didn't ask to be in that position, but I am. And that I'm not getting genuine interactions, especially with, with people who only know negative stories or a negative connotation to my office or, uh, appear at least to me, you know, to be on edge and to, to have him completely unprompted talk about how no one had anything negative to say. It's always a positive interaction. It's, it's, I've been helpful even without or led without having been a part of it. And like we were talking about in there, you know, what are your goals in leading? And it's, it might not be a goal in leading, but mine would be like a life goal is to just always make a positive impact sure. in someone's life. And then my day successful, you know, and never having, that was something for me just because I wanted someone, you know, almost the like treat others as if you, how you'd want to be treated. Mm. But it was the first time for me that I've had like that come back and come back and be, be confirmed. It was, it was quite an interesting experience and feeling. (laughs) Another thing, which I haven't talked about on here or in there, but, uh, internal monologues or how people talk to themselves, talking about like reliving. Uh, Carlos had talked about how he like relives the conversation and all the, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. Do you, do you go over those negative situations in your head? I do all the time. Like not necessarily in regret with the, the root word of it in regrets. So like, oh, I should have said this, should have said that. I think about it in the aspect of how can I tackle it? Maybe it's a form of regret, but how can I tackle it better next time? Like I should be, how can I deliver my, okay. My problem is that I can never deliver or articulate what I want to say that's going through my mind because I have a hundred things that I want to say. And I know that if you were in my mind, then you can you would understand what I'm trying to convey unto you. But the vocabulary or the English vocabulary is only so big. And it's like, how can I deliver that, that feeling to you? But to answer your question, yes, I, I do that constantly. It doesn't even have to be verbally. It can be with my actions. Like, damn, like, should I have had a different demeanor when they told me my, my dog died? Like, should I like, oh, hey, you'll get another one or something. I don't know if that was that person's like best friend or whatever the case may be, but I always try to evolve, self-evaluate. I don't know. That's just me personally, but I'm constantly over an overthinker as I've been labeled anytime. I've always been a talker. So I feel like the point in my life where I'm at now, I don't, I don't really critique myself as much. I've just learned because I've said a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have said. And growing up, I would just say things to say things to hurt people. And I've kind of learned those lessons. So if I didn't say it, I didn't say it. And I just kind of, but it comes from a lifetime of, you know, 
beating myself up for not saying things I wish I would have said. I think if anything, more so circumstances were, you know, especially doing this game, this business, you see someone and you're never going to see them again. They get up, they transfer, and they leave, right? You say goodbye to a lot of people in this. And there's times where I wish I would have said mm. more when we kind of both knew this was the last time without saying it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in those situations, right? I was even talking to my daughter last night, right? Um, uh, when my brother died, before he died, he was kind of going through a rough time. Uh, and he he would call me drunk. But he'd call me drunk and there's a few times where I'm like, man, I don't want to answer this phone. Like, talk to this dude right now, you know? And then um, just kind of blowing him off or just kind of being like, hey, I got to go, you know? Um, so not saying goodbye or not saying the things that I should have said. Right. Versus like a conversation I might have with you tomorrow or an argument with the boss where I should have ended on this note. More so conversations of like that final, this is the last conversation we're going to have. I find myself having a similar situation when it comes to saying goodbyes, especially in this profession, I guess. I I do want to ask more about, like, how friendships in this profession, do you you find yourself kind of steering away from certain people? or not developing a friendship that could have been there just because you know that they're going to be gone later? Either of you? I think, uh, I, my thing is I'm a people person, but I only kind of like people on my terms. So like when I'm home, I'm home. I'm with the wife, I'm with the kids. I'm like not doing the Navy thing, you know? Um, And then there'll be times where I'm out in public and I have like a, I'm in a different mode and I'll like see people from work and they're like, Hey, and they can call me by the working title and the things. Mm. And I'm kind of like just in two different mindsets, you know? So yeah, I'm a people person, but I have found that times that like, if I just run to the store, I don't want to see nobody just because I'm just in a different like mode of thinking. You know what I mean? Um, but my thing is I'm horrible with keeping up with people. I, I don't have no social media. I don't, I don't do a good enough job of, I make good relationships or good friendships with people, but then when I get up and leave, right, or they get up and leave, because I don't keep in touch with people as much as I should. So there's been a lot of relation, good relationships, good people that have influenced me, mentored me, and built me up that selfishly I just haven't kept up with them. And that's one of my, if not the biggest regret of my career, hmm. is um, not keeping up with the people who invested into me. You know, not letting them know that like, hey, the seed you planted 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I finally figured it out, you know, or this is where I'm at now, you know? And one of the biggest effects of that is because I don't have social media. I'm, I'm horrible. Even calling my family back home, I don't call them as much as I should. I didn't get social media until I transferred here because they were trying to look for me and they were like, hey, we need to find out where this person is, but well, does everyone know where he is? Um, hey, t- and when they did find me, they were like, all right, yeah, you need to have this account so we can have some form of means of communication with you. But to answer your question, like, I, I believe in like a, not believe, I, I live by like a, a law of attraction type of deal. I don't seek friendship and I don't try to avoid friendship. If it comes, it comes. But um, am I in fear of losing uh, a, a friendship? Yeah. 
I never really had to deal with that. It just depends on when it gets to that level. Like if you're dating, like you're, let's say you're dating a girl or something, you don't know if this is going to be your lifelong soulmate until you reach that, <clears throat> excuse me, you reach that point and you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to lose you. I want to keep in contact with you. I want to embrace you forever. But um, dealing with like this workforce, this organization that we're in, um, what, been in 15 years, I say there was probably five people that are like, hey, I want to keep up with them or keep in contact with them. Um, uh, there's this one uh, master chief, like he still sends me uh, or my family like um, Christmas postcards and we still do the same thing. And it's not something that we planned. It's just, it just came about like that. And I'm like, oh, that's like a, that's a lifelong friend. But I, to answer your question, I never sought it out or I'm not afraid of um, losing them. I don't let that affect my interaction, my first interaction with you. Do you go out of your way to have that final kind of goodbye or I hope to see you again later? I know he's... Yes, um, in, a, in a way I do. I would like to leave a, a lasting impression. Um, it, it goes, it goes kind of like in a, a feeling type of way and also a materialistic way. Come on, we're in the military and everyone does like challenge coins, right? Right. So when the person retires and they just have, whether it be their house or their civilian job and they just have all their coins there and someone asks like, Hey, that's a cool coin. Where'd you get that? Oh, I know this one person or this guy, he gave it to me when I... What saluted someone and then no one else is doing it like that that's a c story uh, we may not keep in contact but i'm still left an impact on that person's life so when it comes to goodbyes and leaving that little extra of here we give um like the the samurai swords or we give like a a, a nice parting gift and even um, ryan excuse me even ryan he Sometimes when someone wants to give like a, a regular gift, he's like, "Nah, man, they deserve more. They deserve more than that." Or, "Mom, we, we're we're better than that. We can't. We don't need to give them this little rinky dink thing. We can give them this." Like, you never know what that small um, token can mean to that person. So even if you're not deliberately trying to leave a lasting impression, you're still gonna try to leave some form of impression. Yeah, I. Uh... I don't know when it began, but for me, like if someone's touched or made an impact on my, on my life, I tend to, to write them a letter just cause, uh, just one initial or no, I write, no, I write them a, like a, a, a letter, like, okay. Actually thanking them for the, 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 imp the way that they affected my life. It can go a couple of different ways, but this is how you affected my life. Thank you. Whether they're senior or junior, uh, this is a mentorship thing that really resonated with me. Maybe a C story and then closing it out. But I've done that for several, several years now. Uh, I don't know if I have the same way of going over things i mean this isn't like a psychology show but you know the the going over things in your head over and over again how you were talking about how you have like i'm picturing it like lists of responses you want to have mm -hmm. and like for yourself you 
wish there might have been some sort of closure or you relive how you wish that would have gone on the final goodbye. I don't go through that. And it's not by choice. It's I wish I could have a list of things ready to say and be more quick-witted. Or maybe it's beneficial for me to where I'm glad I don't because I don't have to relive how I wish I got those things out. So, but I know that I want to know how people feel or to have that closure when someone's leaving. Right. So I've started, and again, for years, but just write, whether it be one page, multiple pages. I've done it to commanding officers all the way down to a, a junior who's really made an impact on my life and they're leaving. Just giving them that, like, the closure or my version of what I believe closure to be and letting them letting them know uh, how they affected me because I want to know that I made an effect and though I've been in for decades having that come back for the first time for me really like just solidified how I want to continue to do that even though there's only a few more times I'm going to be saying goodbye. So I have a question. Did you ever receive any feedback from one of the letters that you've wrote to one of your best friends? I'd, I'd say yes and no. Uh, everyone's sent me something small, more of like a, a, a message or a parting word. I try to do it right at the end on the day that they're leaving or somewhere close to the final piece where they don't really have that. And I don't want it to affect the working relationship. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to yeah. get out, which is, yeah. But I want to say what I had to say, what was in here. Yeah. And then lay that to rest. Cause uh, yeah, I'm, I, it, we'll see story. I've, I've been so bad with avoiding saying goodbye that I've just like, like one in my roommate in a school, good dude. My problem is people like me. And I say that like in a joking way, but people always have been attracted to me and like just wanted to be around me. You know what I mean? Like, and it made it hard to say goodbye to people. So my roommate in a school, he was like, oh, he's a good dude. Right. We hit it off. Good guy. But when I was getting ready to leave, I was like a few weeks ahead of him. He, um, it was like my, my cab to go to the airport type thing. Right. And, uh, I was already packed up and he was like, Hey, I'm gonna take a shower real quick. And I was like, all right, dude, I'm going to be here. I'm waiting for the cab. And he's like, all right, don't leave. Like, you know, I'll walk you out type thing. As soon as he got into the shower, I was like, good, <laughs> got my stuff and rolled out. You know what I mean? And, uh, cause I don't want to say goodbye to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just a small example of many times where. People be like, hey, when are you checking out? And I'm like, oh, I got another week. And I'm like, I'm leaving Friday, you know. And it's just to to end on that note of like, I'll see you later, not goodbye, you know. And I don't know why I avoid, even when I was younger, running around with like, you know, I never would be like, hey, it's over. I would just yeah leave it up in the air and just not call back type thing, you know. Uh, Do you regret it? I, the older, more mature me realizes that like that really damages people on their end 
and me avoiding saying goodbye is selfish. That's for me. I don't want to avoid the, I'm, I'm avoiding the situation of, and denying them of the closure. You know what I mean? Just because I'm not uh, a big boy enough to be like, hey, you know, we had a good time. It was fun. See you around, you know? So the older me, I laugh now about it, but it's not, you know, I, I understand like the effect that I've had on a lot of people, you know, or people reach out back to me. Hey, how you been, dude? And I just like blow them off, you know? And like I said, it's definitely my biggest regret in my career by far is not young man. I don't know if y'all can agree, but when it comes to saying goodbyes, isn't it harder more that you stay overseas versus if you were stateside? You know what I mean? Because we were, were like, let, we're all from one state. Um, but like, let's say we're going to this foreign country in the far east or far middle east, or whatever the case is, we're enduring the suck together. And to leave on a positive note or a negative note, it's like, it's, it's, that's why it's more, in my opinion, it's more tougher versus if, hey, we're just leaving from LA, San Diego or something, and you're going to Florida, you're going to Norfolk or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Like, you're just a drive away. I've been overseas for so long. It's definitely affected my, mm -hmm. my relationships, but I can see where you, where you could say, if you're on the, in the same country, it gets dark within a couple of hours of each other, how that would be simpler. Because I see on Facebook, people do reunions and say like, oh, we were all at, we were all at one time at this one command, but right now you're in Lemoore, you're in Point Loma, you're in San Diego, let's meet up or something. And I, and I see like, oh, that's cool. They do that, but I can't do that I'm over here. Your time will come. <laughs> Circling back though, did you ever see that guy from A school again? No, never again. It, yeah, and I'm telling you, uh, we tell some. <laughs> there's, there, and I've done it a few times. I'm not, I'm laughing about it, but it's not. Um, it, it's hurtful, you know. And like I said, the older me now is is ashamed of that type of behavior because it's not cool, you know. Like I just leave people up in the air, uh, or I used to. I don't do this anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel some kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do it anymore. I say this like in terms of like, you know, but sometimes it's just like, and then the good thing about the military though is you bump into everybody again sooner or later in passing, you know, like there's just Carlos, um, Corey, Topper. Yeah. There's just so many people, you know, um, that you just bump into again. You see them and you're like, Hey, you know how you been, you know? And I, I, I don't, but that was a long time ago, but yeah, no, nah, I never, I never found out what happened to him. What, what did y'all have in common? What, was it y'all both from Texas or, because um, A school, believe it or not, like some people think it's forever, but it's not that long. If, but, but for y'all to hit it off. That, so my thing is this, right? And this is one of my leadership things that I understand is like, um, I'm, I'm hesitant to like even like frame it in a way, you know, because it's, it's, mm -hmm. I, I just, people like me, you know, and I build relationships fast with people by connecting with them. And it's something that, you know, is a sensitive thing, but if I don't maintain them, it can be hurtful. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I understand that that's like a gift that I have to be mindful of not to damage the people around me, you know? Um, obviously when I was younger, I would abuse that, you know? So, 
I just, I don't know. I hit it off with people and some, some people, you know, you think if you just saw them again, it'll be like, oh, what's up? What's up? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Man. That's one thing I turn about the military in general that I always appreciate. I don't know if it's something that's trained or through shared experience or something that I just don't see at all, but being able to pick up mm. exactly how you left off. See, I've seen people well over 10 years later and just like nothing right back yeah, as if nothing's changed though. How much can someone change in 10 years? I know I'm not the same person, Yeah, but to be able to, to change is a good thing in my opinion. Yeah, just to meet up and just be totally okay mm-hmm. and have that trust, which we talk about trust in there, yeah. but like it, it does come with an automatic level of trust, though you have no idea what they've been through since. Yeah, growth. Man, that's deep. I, I don't even know where to go with the trust factor and how important it is, but it it's automatic trust for me with with some people that I've seen. I, I know somebody here who I knew at my first duty station, things didn't, were not well, but we didn't end on like the worst of bad terms, like the worst, worst terms to where we hated each other. It just wasn't a, it wasn't, it was not pleasant to even see each other, but there was an automatic from seeing this person kind of level of trust to where I, I'm divulging personal experiences and how things have been where I normally am very selective with what I give out to people. And I consciously might go out of my way to have a slightly different story to different people to know who's talking, especially when getting somewhere just to... Yeah, fillers. Maybe it's like a a maturity thing because you said that it was from your first command, right? Yeah. So young... We're very young. Maybe it's just that you only can. I, f- I've, I don't think I've ever met anyone in, in the military where they were looked at positively and then down the road they were looked at for friendships we're talking about in a negative limelight. You know what I mean? And how can I explain it? It's like the the guy you met in A school, like... If you saw him again, we're talking about you're just going to automatically, potentially automatically have that level of trust. Maybe it's because you're more mature. You're like, I know potentially the stupid shit that you would have done back in the day. I know you're not going to do it now. So that automatically gives me mm. a more level of trust in you. You, what you were saying, um, what could possibly change? Hey, I got a little heavier. I got a wife. I got kids now, whatever. All right. So I can trust you that you can keep a family together just from observations on the outside. You go like, maybe that's why. I don't know. But interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there for sure. But, you know, you do meet, that's one of my favorite things about the military is you meet awesome people from all different types of walk of life. And we, I'm sure we've talked about this yeah. together, separate, um, you know, I'm from Texas, you know, <laughs> we don't have a lot of, you know, the part of Texas I'm from, but you meet some awesome people doing this that I never would have met if I had just stayed home and not joined the military. 
it you know exposes you to a bunch of circumstances, experiences, but people. And I think that's what makes this this class when things are good is the people. You could be at hell, but if you got good people with you, it makes it variable. And I've, I've learned that that people are a make and break of what you're doing. Some of my best friends are actually all my best friends. I would say are from the military. Yeah, you have that one hometown best friend, but. I don't know if anyone out there is can relate to this, but the hometown best friend, they didn't endure the suck that that you that you and your military um active duty counterpart went through. You you weren't with you weren't there with me with these late hours or on these long ass deployments or when there was a government shutdown, I don't know. Yeah. Something COVID. <laughs> Speaking of COVID. Mm. Were you CONUS or OCONUS in America or overseas when that happened? I was in OCONUS. I was in California. So pretty much OCONUS. <laughs> <laughs> the unique state of California. Yeah. But I was in Central California. It When I got there, I remember hearing it and I experienced it the time I was there. Uh, it's a different type of California. North, you got San Francisco and that whole. Yeah. And then South LA. But it's pretty it was pretty normal um i mean as normal as it could be i'm saying prior to covid um and then obviously when covid happened the whole world went crazy um did you did base regular um like put rules on you guys and do you have to wear masks or whatever yes because i know it's a totally different story as soon as you walk through those gates or out of those gates there was a were you were you overseas or in state sign I was in a U.S. territory, so it was it was a mix of gotcha. both. Yeah, there was a frag order that came out that was saying everywhere you, we, it was home to work, home to work. We were essentially on Class A in America, mm -hmm. and for me at the time, I lived um, on board, so there was really no reason to go off. And but could you break the rules though? Because you can blend in with the economy. I could, mm -hmm. uh, I could, but the town, you might not, yeah, I mean, right. you know, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I could, and I definitely didn't towards the end there. Cause after a while I was just like, okay, this doesn't make sense. Right. But yeah, it was a, it was very, it was a crazy time. Um, and doing law enforcement, I was under the impression that everything was going to skyrocket because everyone's at home, everyone's drinking. If you've had problems before, now your problems are amplified. Oh, okay. But for That's like response times, um, in terms of like law enforcement, but my little experience and taste of it was people were scared. And when people get scared, people kind of band together. So like the community kind of slowed down and it, everybody was in shock in the beginning here. Nobody knew, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, everybody in on it. Yeah. Uh, so everything kind of slowed down. You know what I mean? Like our domestics, our DUIs, our interesting. Where I was, I literally was like, "Well, we keep everybody locked on base. Everything's just going to go up," you know. But I think initially everybody was fearful, uh, because it, you know, obviously all the stuff. But it was uh, just being a spectator and kind of observing. It was kind of a, a chill time, if as in terms of. No, I agree. It, it was definitely a chill time. So I was overseas and I was on a deployable unit and we stayed out to sea all of 20 and all of 21. So like two years straight. So it was uh, basically a five and a half month deployment 
we came back and then we stayed, worked to home the whole time, which was basically no work because when you're at work, yeah, you can't really do anything. And then we went right back out. But um, I might be weird for saying this, but it was a good time. Like, I, re I honestly did enjoy it. Um, people washed their hands. They started to actually wash their hands. And you were here, right? Yeah, I was here. I, I don't know how that whole... So... Um, the culture, you know. Yeah, the culture was different. Like, so if you came, um, if you came to Japan, if you came to Japan already with um, the mindset and like, all right, yeah, they're wearing masks. Because remember, they were wearing masks before this whole thing. Right. So you already are used to that. And then they're telling you, hey, you have to wear masks when you go out in town or when you do this, whatever. I think the main thing that was new to us was just social distancing. Like, hey, when you sit down somewhere, for my kid, like I have to be three feet away from them or we're standing in line and it, everything is taking longer to get, I'm still going to get that service, whatever. So that was a hindrance. But other than that, it was, it was a good time for me. Do I want to go through it again? No, but yeah, let me let that reflect on the, on the record. I, I think we were very lucky that it wasn't anything more because it could have been, it could have been really dangerous because everyone took kind of a, a, a while to actually react. So do you think we yeah. learned from it where you were? I, I hope that we learned from it. I mean, as a, as humans, not, not as a any, force or not, not a force, not specific nations or lines. I, I just, everything's so nice and calm and peaceful now. And then something happens and no. There was no, no one knew the bubonic plague was coming mm -hmm. at first. Like it, or did they? Or maybe, but <laughs> knowing that that was coming and you still react with hmm. where it was, it turns out there was nothing to be worried about. Face diapers hurt you a lot of people more than helped, but it, it, okay. it is what it is. So for me being kind of in between being overseas and and back in the states yes there's the ability to like blend in and not stick out as much like oh american doing whatever bad thing but at the same time people are very vocal and very aggressive about what they believe to be their personal safety so there was there was that side which you don't get in japan of people getting being in your face hmm over that scenario put your mask on yeah and like wow. for me i i don't do anything i stay home so like i i'd save money yeah it, like it was a it was a good time to kind of um pick up a new hobby yeah whatever. focus on what was important you know yeah. i'm like i missed the gym the gym you were allowed to go to the gym no it was immediately gone oh that's okay and they just stole it from me what about on 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 board uh no so first the initial like kickoff of it all we weren't allowed to go to the gym even out huh? even out to see out to see no because so, they need to come up with a, a system and then we had to sign up um for this is khaki hour you remember like they usually have khaki hour then it was like khaki ported in the day in there right and then you had to sign up and only like six <laughs> people <laughs> six people are allowed in there or whatever and then uh, someone had to proctor the gym 
to make sure that, hey, did you wipe this off? Hey, you're too close to this person. Um, Fun police. Right. Yeah, and they literally were. But um, I think the main thing was this. Uh, so for for anyone out there that doesn't know the lateral terms in for Navy or nautical terms, you have port and you have starboard, right? So the port side of the ship. So if you just think of the ship as a circle, everyone, no one can be coming in the same direction. So if you're going toward the forward of the ship, you had to go on the right side. That's the whole time? The whole time. So, and if you needed to go back aft to the back of the ship, you had to be coming down this ship. So everyone is constantly moving around in a circle. You so cross you would like walk into each other's breath or? Everyone's no, moving in this direction. No, everyone's moving in this, this direction. That's a, that's a street. Right, it was a street. And let's say, yeah, perfect. And let's say you forgot something. I had to go on the other, walk around and go on the other side. Which they get it. They do that during certain times. Right, but, but no, this is 24-7 now. 24-7. And imagine if you want to get food or you, your workspace is here and you're birthing, you're a resident or where you sleep at night is here. It, it just, people just didn't want to leave. And see, like... That's crazy. It is crazy, but people, we did, we all did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was crazy things that we were taking people's temperature to come on board the base. You know, lived on base, you got a temperature high and go to over there. But, but I live. It, it, was, a, it was a crazy time. Um, and I, um, hopefully the lessons learned on why we should do things and not do certain things is remembered so that it wouldn't have to happen again. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. It's, I mean, it was so, good, but like in a few years, in three years, right? Right when you're getting ready to retire, yeah. you're going to be talking about it and people are going to be like, even now. It used to be where where were you for 9-11 and no more, whatever it was before, where were you for COVID? Yeah, so I have like um, my oldest, sorry. My oldest is um, six years old. So during COVID and everything, he was right around two, three years old. So he grew up wearing masks and you know, I'm here and not wear masks. He was like, what are we doing? Like, we're not wearing our masks. We shouldn't be going outside. Like that was the norm to him. I'm like, hey, no, that's not actually the norm. This is the norm we're doing right now. Yeah. And I'm actually afraid of taking a step back and we're going to be going through that again. I'm like, no, dude, when you're here. We're coming up on being out of time, but just how did, since we started on leadership, mm -hmm. did leading through COVID affect how you, your style of leadership? Yes, it did for me. Um, because COVID, again, um, I was out to sea most of the time, but it was more of a micromanagerial thing. So we were saying, like, hey, make sure you do, before you leave, make sure you have this, 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 and this, whatever. And now since times are, have a sense of normalcy now, I can still see myself doing that when the person's going out to post. I'm like, hey, make sure you have this, 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 and this to cover all your angles. Before it was just like, hey, go out there, call me if you need something. Yeah, it was, it was. What about weird, you? It was a weird time. We, we ended up going to a 4 4 schedule because they tried all the time favorite. We condensed. We activated um, ASF. You know, we we did extra measures. So it was just a strange time. And then, like, I was under the impression that we were going to get more work, right? Because everybody's home. And uh, that wasn't the case. So it was a strange time of having to explain things that I didn't understand. You know, trying to give them the why. And I'm like, this is the first time in the world history 
current modern history where this is happening. This isn't, you know, because obviously, you know, people think that when like this type of thing happens, it's to target them. You know, it's like, what, why? It's like, hey, dude, we're all going through this right now. But, you know, and obviously being in the military at that point for a little bit, having peers and friends at other, at other places and talking to them and they're like, we're doing this or worse. You know, yeah. but when you're young and it's your first, your first duty station, if that was your first experience, you just think that it's like, we're all going through it. You know, mm -hmm. no one has the answers right now. We're just enduring, just maintain, yeah. overcome. I had uh, Justin and Wyatt on last time and they were discussing going through boot camp graduation and everything else with COVID, but then also included like high school graduation. Yeah, and for me, they're children. If they hear this later, they're children. <laughs> it's just a drop. Like it was just a drop in the pond of like, what are the difficulties of life and raising a family, moving all over the world? And oh, well, here comes another. Yeah. What's going to happen next? So it definitely, it definitely affected different people in different ways, but I, I found it very aging, <laughs> like finding out how old I am. In comparison to some of the people that you might at, just from this course see as peers, I mean one more, one more step, and 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 we're all in the same class, talking about leadership. But then we're you're also talking to them about how they were yeah. in high school when COVID came out. It's yeah. it's just a it's a crazy jump. I uh. I really enjoyed this conversation, and uh, I know it was cut really short. Yeah, the best run. I uh, I would love if you guys have any opportunity to to come back on if you if you want to mind. I'd love to have you back. Yeah, it's good. Definitely come back. Okay, wonderful. Well, on that note, again, thank you so much for being here, and uh, we're gonna go ahead and sign off.